Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's update, Pastor J.D. brings to our attention his opinion that social distancing is a death sentence for people. We were not made to live in isolation. He goes on to say that he believes the rule of six feet is also from the enemy. Why six feet? Six is the number of man. Spiritual battles are taking place right under our noses. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 11, 2020. The shutting down of churches is yet further evidence of a satanic attack to break apart the body of Christ so as to usher in the Antichrist. It's a conditioning, a preparing. I really don't know if it's possible to overstate how isolation or solitary confinement, which is what it is, is torture psychologically, harmful physically, and satanic spiritually. And if you'll kindly indulge me, I'd like to explain why it is that this is so satanic. Here's a quote from Medical News Today, quoting, A large body of research shows that solitary confinement causes adverse psychological effects and increases the risk of serious harm to individuals who experience it. According to an article in the Journal of the American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law, isolation can be as distressing as physical torture. Humans require social contact. That's what makes us human. That's how God made us. When we touch and hug and kiss, it releases these God-given, it's not just endorphins, it's serotonin, oxytocin, not to be confused with oxycotton. that's a whole different thing. <laughs> these are God-given hormones, and they, they're feel-good hormones. I shared a while back, true story, back in the early 1900s, there was this orphanage, and all of these babies were dying, and they could not figure out why. So they call in the experts, and they did a study. And here's the conclusion they came to. The reason these babies are dying 
is because nobody is touching them. They're just left in that crib, and there's no human touch. So what they did was they just started holding the babies, loving on the babies, caring for the babies, kissing the babies, touching the babies, rocking the babies. They never died. That's why. When you disenfranchise someone from another, you're killing them. It's death. That's satanic. Over time, quoting, the stress of being isolated can cause a range of mental health problems, including, quite a list here, anxiety and stress, depression and hopelessness, anger, irritability, hostility, panic attacks, outbursts of violence, psychosis, fear of death, self-harm, or suicide. Close quote. Oh my goodness. Is this not exactly what's happening? That's the psychological effects. How about the physical effects? Do you realize there are profound physical effects? Here's another list, physical. They include, quoting, chronic headaches, eyesight deterioration, fatigue and lethargy, muscle and joint pain, and sleep problems. And I'll add to the list weight gain. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Every single one of my pants and shirts have shrunk. I think it's the laundry. It can't be that I've... (laughs) Anyway, again, enough of my problems. A lack, still quoting, of physical activity may also make it difficult to manage or prevent certain health conditions, such as diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart disease. A prolonged lack of sunlight can cause a vitamin D deficiency, which can put older adults at risk of fractures and falls. These injuries are among the leading cause of hospitalization and death for older adults. There's a video going viral online, no pun intended, saying it that way, shows a funeral director interrupting the service to shout at a man who moved his chair closer to his mother to comfort her at his father's funeral. At first, they are seated six feet apart from each other, Then the two sons move their chairs next to their mother to comfort her. As a third man starts to move his chair closer, the director stops the service and forces them to move their chairs back to six feet away from their mother. And you know what's sad? They comply and they leave their mother by herself. Now, think this through with me. Did they not 
go to the service in the same car? That must be an awfully big car if they're six feet apart inside of it. You'll forgive my silliness, but does that make any sense to you? What's really going on here? Why six? Hmm. Pictured here is a floor decal in the shape of a circle, and it shows three sixes, which I think says it all. The question that needs to be asked here is, why is it six feet and not five? I like five. Five is the number of grace. I like seven better. It's the number of completion. But no! I don't know what it is about this virus. Five feet, eleven and a half inches. Oh! I'm going to kill you. Six feet, can't touch you. This is absurd. You know why it's six? Here's the answer. The answer is that six is the number of man. And six, six, six is the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. His number is six, six, six. That's why, that's Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. I'm going to ask you to join me in Hebrews chapter 10, and and for a reason. I, I want you to, in your Bibles, see this. It's very important that you understand this. And again, I think you'll see why here in a moment. The writer of Hebrews says, verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. No, I can't, because I'm socially distanced and isolated and in quarantine. And then verse 25, and here it is, and you know this verse, not forsaking the assembling, key word, hang on to that, the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And then listen to this. And so much the more, even more so now, why? Because you see the day approaching. In other words, the Lord's coming, and if there was ever a time that we needed to encourage one another and stir one another up and consider one another in love and not forsake the assembling of ourselves, it's now more than ever as the day is approaching. Let's talk about this word assembling. That's a game changer. It's not gathering. It's assembling. That changes the whole complexion of it. The best illustration I ever heard was that of taking a watch. In fact, I'll do that. This is my watch. So let's just say I take all of the intricate parts to this watch, and I gather them together, and I put them right here. They're all gathered together. It's not functioning. They need to be assembled. 
And then when I assemble them together, whoo, I've got a functioning, operating watch. You see where I'm going with this? When the body of Christ is assembled together, it functions. And therein lies the problem. To disconnect, disenfranchise, dismember the body so it doesn't function as the day is approaching? I am personally of the belief that under the banner of social distancing, Satan has succeeded in distancing people so they forsake the assembling together as a church. And he's met with a measure of success, and it's evidenced by this Barna Research report about how one in three practicing Christians has stopped attending church during COVID-19. Quoting, this is heartbreaking, it is more likely for a Christian to have stopped attending church altogether during the pandemic. In fact, 32% of practicing Christians, notice, not just professing Christians, we're talking practicing Christians, and they qualify that in this research. Practicing Christians have done just that, stopped attending the church. I suppose this would explain a recent Christian Post article in which they cite another Barna report, this one stating that one in five churches face permanent closure within 18 months due to COVID-19 shutdowns. Quoting, as many as one in five churches could permanently close as a result of shutdowns stemming from the coronavirus pandemic, according to David Kinneman, president of the prominent Christian research organization Barna Group. One in five, 20%. This is heartbreaking. So yesterday I, I happened upon a Facebook posts on our Facebook page. I know this was the Lord, because I'm not usually on Facebook, but I just kind of was prompted, and boy am I glad I did. An online member posted a very well-written article from American Thinker. It was written by a Faye Vachel titled, The Cult of Covidism Has Invaded the Church. Here are a few excerpts. Quote, what should have been a purely scientific response aimed at control and cure of a disease quickly evolved into the political religious cult of COVIDism. Objective scientific analysis of and responses to what is the contagious pathogen COVID-19 were almost immediately suffocated by a plethora of arbitrary pseudo-religious rituals. The capitulation of the churches to rituals radically modifying and even antagonistic to Christianity may be because the church 
did not recognize the rival religion when it appeared. It may be that the budding religious cult prevailed rapidly because covetism was purported to be based on science. But it is actually an offshoot of the religion of scientism, which elevates speculative metaphysics and mystery rituals on the basis of scientific sounding but untested suppositions. The result of the surprise appearance of Covidism has been that the core doctrines of the Christian church have been severely compromised or even replaced by the enforcement of COVID-19 ritual cleansings. Without much resistance or thought, most institutions, including the American church, voluntarily capitulated to the cult's ritualistic regulatory minutiae. Christians, past and present, sometimes have followed strict regimens as a spiritual discipline. But those regimens were and still are almost always chosen. Few acolytes have observed such restrictions and rituals as have been foisted on worshipers in the name of health and science. But worse... Covidism's rituals of purification have been, keyword, forcibly applied to the entirety of society. Churched or unchurched, innocent or guilty, everyone is regarded as potentially diseased. The virus is now considered as systemic and as lethal as sin was once assumed to be. Innocence and guilt have been redefined according to COVID-19. Every man is now potentially infected or infector. Indeed, All society is guilty and must follow religious rituals designed to ward off contamination. That's how we see each other right now, right? Christians who once believed in the realities of the invisible spiritual world and who coveted the solitary effects of the invisible Holy Spirit on the soul must now repent by ritualistically exercising the virus rather than the world, the flesh, and the devil. The new cult of Covidism establishes rituals aimed at usurping the authoritative spirituality of the church. The church seems almost oblivious to the reality of the drastic changes in its very nature because it has allowed the fluctuating auguries of the shamans 
of scientism, credibility, and authority. Give me a moment. Maybe I need to give you a moment. That's exactly what's happened. This brings us to the initiation ritual of hand-washing. Pictured here is the CDC website that not only tells us to wash our hands, but very specifically how to wash our hands. We're to wash our hands by following the five steps to wash your hands the right way. Oh, the right way? Yeah. You ready for this? Here we go. Hang on. Step one. Wet your hands with clean running water, warm or cold. Turn off the tap and apply soap. Okay. Two. Lather your hands by rubbing them together with the soap. Lather the backs of your hands between your fingers and under your nails. Wow, this is really involved. Number three, scrub your hands for at least 20 seconds. Oh, come on. Is this like the six feet? Not 19 seconds. 20 seconds. Hmm. Number four, rinse your hands well under clean running water. Number five, dry your hands using a clean towel or air dry them. Okay, come on. Really? What am I, five? You'll forgive the cynicism. It's a sanctified cynicism, I want you to know. Now, in all fairness, I am keenly aware that on its face this would seem inconsequential, having no ceremonial or ritual connotation whatsoever. However, the occult ritual of washing one's hands in this specific way represents the washing away of the old and that which one once belonged to in order to establish a cleansing and purifying to a new order. I'll take it a step further and suggest that it has at its core the washing one's hands of Jesus, as Pilate did. You know the account, Matthew 27, verse 24. You have to understand, in the Middle East culture to this day, this is a thing. I remember growing up as a kid, my parents would always use this expression, I wash my hands of this. In other words, I I am innocent of this. I, I wash my hands of this. I have nothing to do with this. That's what this is. I have nothing to do with Jesus. Well, pastor, come on, that's that's a stretch. Well, hear me out. Matthew 27, verse 24. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. Thanks for joining us for this special Mid-East Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. 
All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.